Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin, he, they, she, and host Brenda, she, her, have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. everyone, welcome to episode 99 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda. And I'm host Austin. I just sneezed, so I'm really snuffly now. Brenda's very <laughs> snuffly. I'll take it away, because before we get too funny goofy, we want to acknowledge something not funny goofy, which is Janelle Jackways passed away. If you don't know who Janelle is, she was a game designer, video game artist, and illustrator for TTRPGs, specifically did a lot of work on Dungeons & Dragons modules back in the day when it comes to illustrations. She's from Michigan. I saw that. I was yeah. like, wow, Michigan is cool. Yeah. Yeah, she was born here. She grew up between here and Indiana. She worked on Dungeons & Dragons. She did some work on Quake 3? Quake 2. Quake 2, sorry. She did some work on Quake 2 and Age of Empires. Also, Oh, also Quake 3. I was right. Both of them. She did some work on Pac-Man and Donkey Kong when they had when they ported the arcade games over to the ColecoVision, I think is what it was. Yeah, ColecoVision. Yep. Hugely influential in the in the game industry be it video games or tabletop games and she recently passed away you just wanted to acknowledge that and thank her for being incredible she was incredibly prolific also for just like advancing like having trans people in the creative she didn't come out until 2011 but Mm -hmm. she was always trans you know just didn't have like the word for it or Mm -hmm. wasn't ready but also did just like a lot for making sure that this place was safer for Mm -hmm. trans people and other gender identities thank you for all of that janelle thank you now all right i'm flipping the funny switch are you ready yeah everyone shake it out if you need to if you need to pause for a second (laughs) i'm gonna flip the switch we're gonna get funny now (laughs) all right funny's on (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's the funny switch the funny switch is actually just brenda coughing directly it did oh my oh my god that's hilarious we this is hilarious everyone (laughs) brenda will be right back with us this is incredible. Brenda's no, I can't wait for Brenda to hear this in editing to be like, awesome. What were you saying to these people? Am I back? Okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what happened there. You know, that's podcasting, baby. That's podcasting, baby. Sometimes you cough so hard for a bit that your mic, <laughs> that your headphones explode and die. Give up. They just give up. <laughs> I need to buy new AirPods and I'm like, procrastinating because i this is my really old pair of airpods Mm. because my i have a newer pair like a gen 2 pair that are my good pair but i lost one in my basement somewhere and like i can't i it's been like never gonna find it again no it's been like over a month now and i missed out on all the black friday sales so where they were 60 dollars yeah they're they're now back up to 100 and i'm like i i but if this had it's, happened sooner, I could only pay sixty. It's wild. Like I forget how much things cost not on sale. Because if things are on sale, I just keep it moving. I'm like, I yeah. don't see a sale sign. Not for me. Because it was like I got 
I got my partner an Apple Watch, right? Because they were like mm-hmm. $80 or something. And I was like, yeah, like they've been talking about it. Like, yeah. yeah, this seems this seems great. They've been talking about it for like a year. And I was like, no worries. And then the other day I was having a problem with my Apple Watch and I was like, oh, dang, maybe I should have gotten one. Because like, I like <laughs> it's like a newer one, right? Because like, yeah. I have like an old Apple Watch because it still works. But I was having yeah. issues and I was like, you know what? This is like six years old maybe i should like look into a new one and i went to go and everything's full press and i was like jesus christ <laughs> what's expensive do you, what do you mean people buy these day one are you guys okay yeah when i think about how much an apple watch costs i always look at my my because mine was a gift for my parents and i like mm. look at it and i'm just like good lord <laughs> yeah and they put they sent out those emails recently about the fucking uh apple vision the like vr <laughs> goggle th- which one yeah. no 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 absolutely not no (laughs) and i i like clicked on it to see the pre-order and i was like no absolutely who here's where i'm at who has that much disposable income and also thinks i should get this like app because like i can guarantee like there's probably something even more insane from someone i've never heard of because i don't have money to worry about it yeah they're like advertising like an iPad and then immediately after advertising the iPad, they're advertising this VR thing. It's like <laughs> several thousand dollars. I'm like, and I'm like, the iPad is 300 bucks yeah. and this is $3,000. It's like a video game console, right? Yeah. In the it's VR, like, it's, it's like a down payment for a car. We do have some news. <gasps> news. Uh, news. We have a, this is the news. This is the news. This is the news. This is the news. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's what the news would sound like if it was from Blue's Clues. I'm not even running the normal news story this time. <laughs> that, that made it clear enough. This is the news. Beloved anime Samurai Champloo, the, the soundtracks are now available on music subscription services worldwide. It's been 100 years. That's not true. Samurai Champloo is celebrating its 20th year anniversary this year for when it originally aired on television. And as such, the soundtracks are now available on Apple Music, Spotify, and any other music subscription out there that may exist that I don't know of around the world. Those are the ones kind of here in the US. And this soundtrack fucks. Yeah. Samurai Champloo is the anime and soundtrack that launched a million ships. I don't think lo-fi would be a big thing if yeah. Samurai Champloo and Ujibs didn't do what they did, period. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a lot of people don't mention it. I feel like it's one of those anime that also was like mostly popular. It, it was popular in Japan, but it was mm. popular here. Like yeah. same with Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. So it's like when people bring up like really good anime to watch, it doesn't get brought up, but it's, mm-hmm. it's good. It's, it's very good. good. I think the reason people have a hard time with it is because I don't I don't know what it is between that and Bebop. I think Bebop has the effect of like 90s kids remember kind of Champloo was it's from the same director. And I think Champloo doesn't it doesn't have that like 90s kids remember whatever, even though like you still would have been a 90s kid if you watched Champloo. But it's people don't like things that end. I'll just say it. People don't like yeah. things that end. And Champloo ends and much like a lot of his other work, it ends on a kind of like open note. Yeah. Which is a very like Japanese storytelling way to end things where it's like, this is the end of the story. Is it the end of their story? I'm probably not. They're still like alive, but this is <laughs> this is the end of my story. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done telling this to you. Goodbye. Yeah, like it's it's very much <laughs> like that. There's so many like books I read when I studied Japanese language and culture and movies I watched for that program as well. 
that just that like literally end in the middle of sentences. Back in 2020, and we watched all the Conan movies. Some of them mm. just end. Yeah. Like it's like a big thing happens, and then everyone's kind of standing there, and it's just the credits. It's like we're wait, done. we're not done. We're not done. The, 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 the writers, no, we're done. That's it. <laughs> That happens in the fifth movie. What is, what's the name? What's the name? It's the Die Hard one. It's the Twin Tower one. Countdown to Heaven, where they get out. <laughs> they drive a car. Spoilers for the end of this Conan movie. But anyway, the kids, in order to get out of the tower that's going to explode, get mm-hmm. in a Mustang and drive the Mustang yeah. at the exact velocity. This also happens in Fast and the Furious. But here they do the as actual like, fucking uh, math. As like it also <laughs> happens in the movie Speed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So they drive this car out of this building at the correct velocity in through the glass roof into Mm -hmm. a pool of the adjacent hotel. Mm. And the second the car hits the pool and the kids get out of the car, the movie ends. Yeah. It just ends. They made it. You're fine. They made it. It's over. You don't get to to find out what happened in the aftermath. It's just over. Yeah. So Samurai Champloo, if you didn't know now, know before, please know now. You can go listen to all the music from it on whatever streaming service you use for listening to music. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. If you haven't seen Samurai Champloo, I cannot recommend it more. I believe it's on Hulu. If you don't have Hulu in your country, you check somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> it might be on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> it might be on Disney+. Plus. It might also be on Crunchyroll as well and in, in addition to but country may only have the japanese so that depends on your ability to read subtitles yeah. unless you know japanese in which case you're fine <laughs> congrats <laughs> but that that's you know that's really it i think it's really awesome i i love samurai champloo i think it should be talked about more it's mm-hmm. weird it's weird it isn't i it's i really have weird i have my ideas on why it isn't but this is only the new segment so <laughs> So maybe Austin will talk about that in a future episode. Maybe. <laughs> if you're really good. Speaking of episode, I think we can roll right on into our topic. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Lovely. Topic of the week. Oh, this episode's gonna be short. Short. That's what you think. Okay, so let me set the scene. So for people who know me personally, a lot of people know me as the, the Garfield friend, the person Garfield, Garfield and friend. Garfield and friend. <laughs> I am the friend mentioned in yes, Garfield. And it's it's true. Brenda <laughs> is actually like you think it's you wrong. It's it, Brenda's wrong. the friend. I draw a lot of Garfields. I have like a series of Garfield cryptid zines that I sell on my Etsy. Brenda makes things. And I also collect a lot of like vintage Garfield stuff like plushies and cups and those glasses from McDonald's that do have lead in them. Don't worry, I don't drink out of them. But also Hello? you should drink out of them. Hello? You didn't know about that? You didn't know about that? No, about what? The- the lead Garfield cups? No! What? No, what? 
I, I, everything I know about Garfield is literally from you, Brenda. Oh, okay. So this episode is not really about Garfield. I'm just setting the scene. But anyway, <laughs> uh, McDonald's. The, McDonald's released these Garfield mugs that have Garfield on them, and they're riddled with lead and cadmium, and you shouldn't drink out of them. <laughs> Me, oh my gosh, let me sub Garfield more. You, it's not about Garfield, Austin. Stop. It's not about Garfield. <laughs> so, what people might not know is that I also collect Snoopy merchandise too. <laughs> like, I, I love Snoopy. It would shock me for people not to know that, but I guess everyone isn't me. <laughs> I know. Some people don't know. Some people haven't seen me, like, when I go into public with my beautiful, beautiful Snoopy sweaters. Like, these fully embroidered Snoopy sweaters I have. I have multiples of them. So, how this kind of happened is that like my mom collected Garfield stuff and my dad collected Snoopy stuff. I have like all of my dad's like paperback, like trade small trade paperback of like peanuts comics. I have like these embroidered wall hangings that used to be in his bedroom when he was a kid. I've seen all of the specials. I was Lucy and you're a good man, Charlie Brown <laughs> in high school. I like Snoopy. I love Snoopy. I just need to establish that I know a lot about Snoopy. This episode is not just about Snoopy, though, and we'll get to what it's about. I'm like, is it Snoopy? Is it Garfield? <laughs> I'm taking you on a journey. <laughs> Snoopy himself, I hope, is a character that doesn't really need any introduction. I promise you that Gen Z does know who Snoopy is. <laughs> they do. They fucking love Snoopy. Do they really? Yeah, they fucking love Snoopy. No, like, why would I know? Why would I? Oh, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> Brenda, sorry, I, get on, I, I, get on, I get on TikTok <laughs> Once a day to see what you sent me, and then I leave. I get on, I see what you sent me, I post for the show, I leave. There was this, there's this entire like subculture of Snoopy fanatic, the Gen Z Kawaii Snoopy fanatic. I would mm. say is like in like the same vein as like the Sanrio girly. Mm -hmm. Like they love Snoopy in his puffer coat. They love like sharing like aesthetic Snoopy edits. They love like. Girl, like pink girly mm -hmm. bows and rainbows and Sno oh, Snoopy's so cute. He's a little, huh. little buddy boy. I've seen Snoopy attack a child <laughs> multiple times. He's like yeah. a, he's a demon. But yeah, I Snoopy is, is not a nice guy. I'll say. He's really, he's really not. He's like nice to some people, but he is a yes. mean person. <laughs> Sometimes he just gets really bratty. <laughs> The scene where he like fights Linus for his blanket mm -hmm. in um what is it Snoopy Come Home is maybe one of like the most brutal things because like the kids in Peanuts are voiced by actual children mm -hmm. so you just have this actual child screaming as this dog beats mm -hmm. him up <laughs> like full <laughs> full fists beating this kid up it's fucking brutal. But anyway, I digress. So this is directed at listeners who already can see what this episode is called. Is Snoopy Mexican? <laughs> you know, I you could have you could have sent me just a picture of Snoopy and I would have been like, oh, it's Snoopy. And I still would have been wrong. <laughs> I fucking thought about doing that. And I was like, is that too obvious? I was going to send you like a picture of like a cactus drawn by Charles M. Schultz and see if it got it unhinge the question for this week is is snoopy mexican there's actually really no mystery i'm going to answer that immediately the answer is <coughs> no <laughs> and and yes and also maybe all at the same time incredible <laughs> Anyway, well, that's us this week. I hope you had a good day. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. <laughs>
So is Snoopy Mexican? Not canonically. I'm, I'm not going to say that Charles M. Schulz set out, the creator of Peanuts, set out to make mm. a Latina icon in 1950. <laughs> but if you flash forward to the 1960s, Charles Schulz is entering into a deal with the Ford Motor Company to make commercials in order to advertise the Ford Falcon. And it was there, working on mm. these commercials, that he collaborated with former Disney and Warner Brothers animator Jose Cuauhtémoc Melendez, mm. more commonly known as Bill Melendez. A lot of people like know Bill Melendez. They're like, oh yeah, he, like he's like you see his name in the credits of, like every Peanut special, but they don't they never credit his full name. And like Cuauhtémoc, which is it, it's a very very Aztec name. Like this this guy mm. is Mexican. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So this episode with a little bit about Bill Melendez and a little bit about Snoopy and a little bit about I thought I was going to Chicago and I needed an episode <laughs> I could edit quickly. <laughs> you just gotta be real sometimes. You just gotta like, you know, like peek, peek back the curtain. Sometimes you're like, I'm supposed to go to Chicago and this must be done before I get on the train. And then your state's like, actually, there's a 10 to 14 inch blizzard. All the trains are canceled. Um, and then maybe it doesn't snow and you just have to do your show anyway. <laughs> And I'm just here in Michigan recording my show while the two friends I was traveling with are in Chicago. And I'm like, huh, I hmm. could have made it. Hmm. Bill Melendez got his start in animation at the Walt Disney Company in 1938 after he saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in theaters and just decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm. So, you know, it's the 30s. So he literally just like strolls on up to Walt Disney and he's like, hey, buddy, can I have a job? And Walt Disney's like, yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so Bill Melendez has a job at the Walt Disney Company. He works on prominent Disney movies like Pinocchio and Dumbo and like all of those very early Disney films. His time at Disney was cut short, though, because uh, despite him and Walt having like a good working relationship, like they actually this is the point in the company where like he actually encountered Walt Disney multiple times a day. Weird. I know. It's like him just talking about like him running into Walt Disney in the hallway and being like, oh, hello, Mr. Disney and Walt Disney, like giving him that Walt Disney glare and being like, it's Walt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Which is a real actual story that Bill Melendez shared. He was like, don't call him my full fucking name, you nerd. Yeah, he's like, call me Walt, but in a threatening way. <laughs> I couldn't, I don't think I could call my boss Walt. I would feel, I would feel like you're, you're not a real man. <laughs> I did call my boss by his first name. Yeah. I, no, first name is one thing. If your first name is just Walt, like it's not Walter, just Walt. I'm not going to call you that. I got, I got to say something I'll, else. It's too short. We have to have some kind of level of professionality here in this animation <laughs> studio. Call me Walt. Mr. Disney it is then. I'm sorry. Also, just like picturing someone's name, someone like the fact that Disney is a name. Not it's like the brand, right? But it, like, it's just sorry. This is such a tangent. Yeah. That's weird, right? It's weird to think it's about. Weird. Okay, so like with other like famous names, there's like other people who have that. Are there other? There has to be other Disney's. If Disney was like a name, right. just a normal ass right. name, there's like, he there's didn't a change it to Disney. There's a, yeah, there's, there's other Disney's that are not Disney's. There's other families. There's other lines of Disney related to him who were like, yeah, we fucking hated that guy. We don't get it. Like, they're, they're just like no, normal fucking people. There's like a normal fucking person yeah. in college right now. Then the people see like Disney on the call roster. Like, oh, my God. Are you like the age? No, we're like his fourth cousin. Um, we're not related at all. We're actually Asian. <laughs> Right, like, th like that's happened. That happens to someone every once in a while. Like a kid starts at school, and they're like, 
James Disney and all the kids you could fucking hype and the kids just like yeah he was like my great great grandpa's second cousin or some shit how embarrassing anyway if your last name is Disney absolutely I would lie in the face of every park employee to get them for free here's some here's some options for what you could change your name to if you just kind of wanted to get away from being mistaken for a descendant of Walt Disney um Dido Dorby. Okay. Deblanthian. I like Deblanthian. I'm so sorry that you were like, this guy called him Walt Disney, and he said, call me Walt. And I said, what if I made a whole tangent for like six minutes of this topic you've barely gotten into? Please continue. It's okay. Sometimes you have to really stretch what constitutes as a topic. You know, if it's something you want to talk about, maybe you can make it into a full episode. Maybe you can't. We'll find out next time on secret next time end episode thank you everyone for listening to this episode of secret histories of nerd mysteries <laughs> it just ends <laughs> episode 100 is just like the conclusion of this <laughs> anyway our 100th episode's next week and do we know what we're doing yes no I, we don't I, i'm i'll lie to you and say yes and brenda can choose what to keep <laughs> Bill Melendez participated in the uh, Walt Disney animated strike, the the infamous Walt Disney animation strike that kind of soured Walt to his animators for the rest of his life. Like the strike was good because he needed to be paying them more. But really all he had to say was, hey, we actually don't have the money to pay you because he didn't. (laughs) So he really just needed to be like, I'm dead broke. We all have to be dead broke together. He didn't say that. And so they went on strike. And so then Bill Melendez was out of a job. After that, he went to Warner Brothers and he animated some Merry Melodies shorts Mm -hmm. at Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. And then eventually he got pushed out of Warner Brothers. And then he went to go work for UPA, the United Productions of America. (laughs) And UPA is kind of like where he developed his own animation style. So like Disney is notorious for having this very, very, very rigid and like polished animation style for especially their movies, which is what bill Mm -hmm. melendez worked on Mm -hmm. warner brothers a little bit looser but still everything kind of has to be on model and cleaned up like very well upa just do whatever the fuck you want just go crazy (laughs) this is an art form just do what you feel is best that's why like a lot of like upa upa's like uh like gerald mcboing boing is one of their shows that's not a real name you just said to me it is real trust me (laughs) i know i trust you with my heart and soul but i also have to say no Gerald McBoing, please continue. I can't keep doing Gerald, this. 1950s Gerald McBoing Boing created by Theodore Geisel, I think. One second. You see, everyone, Brenda just says, just knows this stuff. Just like is in, in their bones. And so sometimes they say very silly words to me. And I'm like, I know you're right, but I can't conceptualize that being a fact. And then I send um, this on tangents <laughs> where Brenda has <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I looked it up. Yes, Gerald McBoing Boing was based on a story written by Theodore Geisel, also known as Dr. Seuss. Oh, okay. <laughs> so at UPA, Bill Melendez was able to develop his own style. At that time, he's working at UPA. He's also doing like commercials independently. And so it was during this time when he was doing commercials that he met Charles M. Schultz, also known as Sparky. <laughs> also known as Sparky? Sparky, yeah, it's his childhood nickname. And his like child, Bill literally His childhood nickname was Sparky. <laughs> Sparky. Was he a fucking did he smoke or what do you mean? No, he didn't. At one point I knew why his 
his nickname was Sparky. Sparky. I've read several books on Charles M. Schultz. Pretty much whenever in school people would be like, do a book report, I would be like, cool, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> another one. Sparky. <laughs> Sparky. And you know, everyone just called him Sparky. And I'll have a clip later of an interview with Bill Melendez where he just refers to him as Sparky. And if you did not know that Charles M. Schultz was Sparky, you would be like, who the Who fuck? the fuck is this guy talking about? Who is this? Sparky. So <laughs> Sorry. So they work together on um, these television commercials for the Ford Motor Company. This is an aside, but also relevant. In an interview with the radio station WRKR, which is a radio station in Kalamazoo, Michigan, <laughs> coincidentally, Craig Schultz, who's the son of Charles M. Schultz and also kind of like the person in control of the Peanuts IP, claims that these Ford commercials were the first time that a comic strip character was animated, which is completely false. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't like, sound that doesn't sound right to me. I feel no. like I know that's not true. Exactly. It's like, um, what about the little Nemo shorts that were based on the cartoon strip by Windsor McKay? The little Nemo Nemo shorts that were animated into motion comics in nineteen eleven by Fleischer Studios, who's very well known 19, for doing the Superman. Eleven. Nineteen eleven. <laughs> wow. This is the first time this happened. Thirty years ago would like a word. <laughs> Yeah, it happened all the way back in 1911. And then there's also Windsor McKay's Gertie the Dinosaur in 1914, which is a very important cornerstone of animation in general. Like if you take an animation class in any capacity, Gertie the fucking dinosaur is going to appear like just he just shows up. He's going to show up like a fucking candy man and be like, Gertie's here. <laughs> I don't know what Gertie Gertie. <laughs> that she probably sounded like that i'm gonna assume it was a silent silent animation oh yeah then she sounded exactly is... like that because no one can challenge me yep. on it. exactly it was like one of the oldest known animations of a dinosaur like popeye felix yeah. the cat yeah i'm pretty sure there's animations of the yellow kid all the way back like the baby that had the the words on its tummy like <laughs> you know what these the ford people, motor commercials you have to you have to not. forgive them they didn't have the internet and also people like being the first. And if you just say it, no one, no one's going to know. This interview was like in 2012. Never mind. <laughs> Craig fucking knew. They were just saying words. Or just, he was just talking and it's like, you're very just wrong, sir. saying words. <laughs> anyway. Bill's production studio, which was founded in 1964, would become the only production studio that Charles M. Schultz would trust with his characters. Bill Melendez's production studio worked on every single Peanut short up until 2006. That's forever. He worked on these forever. And in 1965, him and Charles M. Schultz, you know, teamed up to work on A Charlie Brown Christmas, which has its own backstory. And I'm not going to talk about it, but it's important <laughs> in that the characters needed voices. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> and one character in particular needed voices. His name is Snoopy. And I will tell you how Bill Melendez went on to voice Snoopy for maybe the rest of his life and the rest of existence oh. after these messages. Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries will be back after these messages. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it, but... 
you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us, and I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. So first I'm going to remind you, Austin, and our Mm -hmm. audience, what Mm -hmm. Snoopy just sounds like. In my head, Snoopy was made up of like a mix of Foley work and maybe someone making a noise. Not like this dude makes these noises. I'm like, there's a dude out there who sounds like Snoopy. Well, you would think that, like, they really planned, like, what he would sound like. Like, they, like, you know, got together and, like, created the sound intentionally. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Oh. It, it's completely an accident. <laughs> when adapting Snoopy into cartoon form, there mm-hmm. was the issue of, like, what he would sound like. So, similar mm-hmm. to Garfield, Snoopy in the comics speaks with speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. So, it's implied that the kids can't hear him. The only people oh. who can hear him are other animals. Mm-hmm. So, Snoopy's not actually talking to anyone. So it's like, how do you portray that in a medium? You know, it's like, does he just talk? So initially, Bill Melendez, like, got a voice actor and he thought it would be perfect for Snoopy. And he did some recording of his lines and he showed them to Sparky. And he was like, here we go. Here's Snoopy. <laughs> Sparky was like, what the hell is this? He hated it. <laughs> you, The fact, I'm sorry. <laughs> the fact you're now calling Charles Holtz Sparky like we're homies is, I want to say... <laughs> incredible because i think i understand that you two actually are best friends but it's throwing me for a loop (laughs) we're best friends spiritually spiritually best friends with charles and schultz he was a sad old man i'm a sad you're also a sad old man (laughs) i'm also a sad old man we just on the same frequency i'm wearing a voice changer to make myself sound youthful but secretly three sad old men (laughs) In a trench, in a flesh suit. <laughs> Charles M. Schultz, Sparky. Sparky didn't like it. According to an interview with the Archive of American Television, Bill Melendez said that Sparky originally wanted Charlie Brown to convey all of Snoopy's thoughts. So, like, Charles M. Schultz wanted Snoopy to have a thought, and mm-hmm. then Charlie Brown to look at him and then say what would would have what Snoopy would be saying in his speech bubble. If that makes sense. It does. I follow. But how does Charlie Brown know what Snoopy's thinking? Like, do they have a psychic connection? Like, that doesn't really make sense either. And in the comics, Charlie Brown doesn't know what Snoopy's thinking either. So why would he know it in this context? So it just kind of created like this disconnect. And Bill Melendez was like, I don't like it. (laughs) So instead of listening to Charles, he went back to the recording booth and just recorded what was supposed to just be like a demo like a demo mm. idea. And so he just started recording Snoopy's lines and he did it at a quarter of the speed. And then he sped it up to create kind of like a unique sound. And he like, you know, mm. altered it a little bit. This was just supposed to be like a conceptual audio to kind of get the feel of what Snoopy might sound mm. like. Here's a clip from Archive of American Television of that interview with Bill Melendez. To preface this interview, made me realize just how much damage Vine and TikTok have done to our attention spans. And you will understand when you listen to it. That is a, that is quite the sentence. I know. You'll understand. Trust me. So then I told, I told the engineer, I run that fast for me. 
And he ran it fast and fast, fast, until he finally, he ran, he ran at a speed, at one quarter speed. And I said, that's it. That's, that's our voice for Snoopy. So then, I, from then on, so I sent this to, um, to Schultz, and he, and he said, um, well, that doesn't sound like Snoopy at all. Sparky, I have to find a sound for him. You said, you, you said, you, I, I, I'll bark. I can go arf, arf, arf. But it won't be the same. It won't be Snoopy. It could be any dog. We can have a unique sound for Snoopy. Well, you haven't got it, he said. So I kept working, you know, with that thing and, and, and shading it and making it more subtle. Finally, I had a, a, a real good, what I thought was a real good track, and I sent it to um, Schultz. I mean, Lee didn't care. He said, oh, great, use whatever you want. Uh, and finally, Schultz said, well, that, that's not bad, but I wish, I wish, why do you have to use that? Why can't we just use what I said, let uh, Charlie Brown speak for him? No, Sparky, he's, he's making these noises. So finally, we ran, we ran out of time. I had to have the picture done. And my editor came to me and he says, look, you're just fussing around here and doing nothing. We got to finish this picture. I got to go into a dubbing session tomorrow. I got to put in some sounds for Snoopy. I'm going to use all the ones you've made. Okay, do it, I said. And he did it, see? And then when I showed it to Snoopy, he laughed. He said, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll accept it. That, that's a good Snoopy sound. And it was me. But from then on, see, I got stuck with it. The Screen Actors Guild said, you can't make these sounds unless you're a member of Screen Actors Guild. So here I am, member of the union. My God, I get it. <laughs> you get it, right? Sitting through these was torture. So here, that, oh, that's how it, okay, yeah, no, that's 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 how it ends. That's the, and that's the end of his story. <laughs> that's, it. that's it, he's done. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> All of my grandparents are deceased, so they can't hear this. So, but it's like I don't know about you, but it's like when a grandparent is telling you a story and you think they're done and they're still not done, and you're kind of like, "Can you get to the next?" <laughs> I understand this section of the story you've illustrated. You needed to do a thing and hadn't done it. What's the next section of the story? It just takes him so long to get to the point. There I am, in a union. Uh, con- congrats! You sound upset. I don't know how he feels about unions. It doesn't. Really, he didn't really want to be part of one. I guess is. It's just like you know, because he wasn't a voice actor, right? And I guess valid. maybe as like the yeah, maybe as the head of his own animation company, you know, mimicking Walt Disney back <laughs> in the thirties. You mean um, Walt? Walt, sorry, Walt, mimicking Walt back in the thirties, who you know became sour to his animators going on strike. Maybe mm. Bill kind of felt the same. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> he accidentally becomes a member of SAG after. <laughs> And accidentally becomes the voice of Snoopy. So you might be thinking, maybe this was just temporary. Like, they only used those Snoopy sounds for a Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. No. Bill Melendez would continue to voice Snoopy, as I previously said, mm-hmm. up until 2006 and beyond. So he passed away in 2008 at 90 years old. But after he passed away, voice clips of his performance of Snoopy continued to be used in games and then most famously was used in the Blue Sky Peanuts film from 2015. So all of Snoopy's audio from the Blue Sky film is just recycled clips from previous Peanuts specials and recordings and archival footage. Like they they were like, this is the the truest version of Snoopy and we're just going to use all of this. Huh. 
And so. we got Chris Pratt as Mario. Look at that. <laughs> we got Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> Another interesting thing, and Garfield's going to come up one more time in this episode because Bill Melendez, his studio also animated the Garfield specials. Mm-hmm. So Garfield had several holiday specials in the 80s. You know, they, they didn't really keep making them, but the mm-hmm. approach to Garfield's voice is significantly different from the approach to Snoopy's voice. Mm-hmm. So where Snoopy, you know, kind of talks in the like, yeah. whatever noises, yeah. Garfield just talks. He just right. talks. <laughs> he well, just... hey, John, I want to yeah, like, go oh. uh, blow up the house. <laughs> that... Um, Funny you should say that because how really how is it how is it funny i would say that please enlighten me this is a this is a story i didn't tell you i watch the garfield christmas special every year and this year during during my rewatch of the garfield christmas special my dad almost blew up the house (laughs) 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 so Sitting on the couch, watching Garfield. My dad's outside fussing with his plethora of Christmas decorations. Dad stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, just he just wanders off and starts fussing with them. He doesn't have to. He just he just felt compelled to go do it. I mean, I get it. You and got then, he's just like yeah. the, the power of dad takes over. He's like, I need a project right now. Exactly. And he just wanders off. So he's outside and I'm inside, and suddenly dad just pops his head through the mm-hmm. door and he's like, Hey, we have an emergency. And I was like, what oh. he's like i drove a stake through the gas line <laughs> uh <laughs> and i'm like you what and he's like i drove a stake through the gas line please go get your mom <laughs> i was like what do you yeah you what do you mean what do you what do you mean whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so the gas line outside of our house runs along our driveway and my dad has lined up an entire row of inflatable christmas decorations that he has put into the ground with foot long metal stakes <laughs> all super normal things you just said Yep. And one stake, he drove straight through the gas line. Oh my god. So we had a gas leak on Christmas. And anyway, I didn't get to finish watching Garfield Christmas because my dad almost blew up the house. (laughs) Anyways. Garfield just talks. He's voiced by Lorenzo Music. Austin, I was going to make a joke about how you did a great Chris Pratt impression and then you mentioned blowing up the house and I couldn't help myself. (laughs) So there's that. Jesus Christ. Garfield just talks. Garfield talks. He was voiced by Lorenzo Music, who does a great job as Garfield, who is the quintessential Garfield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the approach to their voices was just very different, but both of them feel very true to who the characters are. And maybe it's because I knew Snoopy only after the specials came out. Like, I never mm-hmm. existed in a world where Snoopy was just part of the comics and didn't mm-hmm. have his own voice. So maybe it was, like, very controversial at the time, but, like, now it just feels very right. Like, he just, he's a little gremlin creature, and he wouldn't mm-hmm. just bark, and he wouldn't just talk. There is someone who has voiced Snoopy mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. and it's Cam Clark. Austin, do you know... Who else is Cam Clark voiced? Cam Clark. Is that a... Is that a Ninja Turtle? It is. That's I was like, that's a Ninja Turtle for sure. Let's say Leo. It is Leo. Sick. Got it. I don't know who. I'm sure it's yeah. been a lot of people that that was like a that was probably a big role. So I'm sure lots of other stuff. <laughs> if you don't mind, the head beagle would like to be left alone to prepare his acceptance speech. 
I recognize that kick. That's the kick of someone who would like to be alone to prepare his acceptance speech. I don't think that's an unreasonable request. And considers that a reasonable request. Weird. Isn't that weird? I didn't know Snoopy ever just talked. So this is, this is special. This is Snoopy the Musical, the mm. animated version. So there's two Peanuts musicals, and this is the animated version of Snoopy the Musical. I feel like Cam Clark does like spot vocals for someone else who's big. He is Matthew Broderick's voice double for Simba. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. They're like, Cam Clark sounds enough like Matthew Broderick that he can also be Simba. Yeah, he's just, I, I don't think Matthew Broderick has voiced Simba since... <laughs> Since the no, Lion I King. <laughs> I don't believe so. It's very rare for them to get those people to do it again. So while Snoopy wasn't expressly intended to be Mexican, mm-hmm. the man who voiced him for like almost the entire existence of the character was. And that's saying something. So mm-hmm. it can also be argued that maybe Snoopy as some type of Latina in mm-hmm. some capacity. Canonically, Snoopy has seven siblings. Olaf, Spike, Molly, Belle, Marbles, Rover, and Andy. <laughs> what? Yeah, he has seven siblings. Oh my god. Charles and Schultz, like notoriously did not like Snoopy's siblings, except for Spike, who we're going to talk about briefly. I was like, I know Spike. Yes, Spike was the only one that Charles and Schultz could really tolerate because he felt by adding the siblings in, it kind of like watered down the relationship that Snoopy had with the kids. It gave Snoopy like too much of his own stuff to do without the kids. So he liked Spike, but he mostly liked Spike when Spike was just Mm -hmm. alone, (laughs) hanging out. (laughs) This is the first strip that featured Spike from the 70s. It features Snoopy sitting on his doghouse and he says, Mm -hmm. my brother has arisen. (laughs) (laughs) Eggs Benedict for my brother, Spike. And then Lucy just kind of appears and she's like, I think you'd better make that 10 pounds of buffalo steak. And then just shows Spike, who is mm-hmm. this scraggly little skinny beanpole of a beagle with a whisker mustache. Which is like a normal thing. A normal thing is for a beagle to have a mustache. I always thought he looked like my dad. Here's a picture of my dad. <laughs> I've seen this picture of your dad. This, Yeah, I shared this because he has the Garfield <laughs> phone. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Proof that my Garfield phone is legitimately vintage and was actually used as a phone. <laughs> Damn, you said the rest of you posers. I know you got, I listen, I know you got that reused. I had this before it was cool. You've waited. You've been waiting years. I didn't realize Garfield's becoming a thing because I've, for years, I get Brenda Garfield things for Christmas. For years. <laughs> And I didn't realize Garfield became like a thing because for years it's just like gets close to Christmas. Like, gotta find Brenda a Garfield thing. <laughs> so I didn't realize it was becoming like quote unquote cool because it's just been like the normal. <laughs> Brenda's Brenda has been in this for since I have known Brenda, and I know before then for years. <laughs> <laughs> I have just always been living that Garfield life. Spike. Spike lives in Needles, California. He lives inside of a cactus and his girlfriend is a coyote. Now, could Spike be Mexican? Yes, I say he could. Is Needles, California a real place? It is. Charles M. Schultz lived there briefly for a couple years. Wow. It's a they real said, place. Let's, let's do deep cut. Where did deep Spike used to live? Needles. Just fucking called Needles. There's a peanut special where Snoopy's going to get married to this poodle and he wants Spike to be his best man. And Spike has no money. He lives in a cactus in the desert. So he joins <laughs> a dog racing 
he becomes a dog racer and he's trying to wow. race all these greyhounds. <laughs> Snoopy also at one point mentions that all of his siblings speak different languages. I don't know what he means by this and I don't know why they would. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah, he's just like, they all speak different languages. I'm like, okay, Molly lives in the South. We know that. Spike lives in a cactus. Olaf, my headphones <laughs> died again. What is going on? <laughs> Molly lives in the South. Spike lives in a cactus. <laughs> Spike lives in a cactus. Olaf, we know, is named... His name is Olaf because After the Charles and Schultz is from snow, Minnesota. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a Minnesotan name, and Charles M. Schultz lived in Minnesota for a while. No, Marbles is named Marbles because Charles M. Schultz thought Marbles was a great name for a dog. That's all the information we have about Snoopy's siblings. Are you telling me? Are you, you're saying Olaf is a is a Wisconsin name? A Minnesotan name. Minnesota name. Okay, sure. <laughs> so it's a Minnesotan name in that the people who uh, live in Minnesota are from Scandinavia, and that's so it's a Scandinavian name. You posed the question, and I was like, I feel like for a long time, like there's certain cartoon characters that certain demographics have just just claimed, like yes. the brand Big Dog. That was just that big white and brown dog. Mm -hmm. For a long time, black people were like, yeah, he's black, like that. And it was just like the same way that black people were like Piccolo is black. Like for a long time, I feel like I've seen Mexican people be like, yeah, Snoopy's Mexican for like year. Like you said it, and I was like, didn't didn't Mexican people tell me Snoopy was Mexican when I was a kid? <laughs> this isn't just me like bullshitting. It is like he has been claimed. <laughs> Mexican people were like ours, and yep. the world said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can't explain it. There's there's nothing definitive. Like in my head, even there's like a short where Snoopy's in. Like, has the mustache and everything? I don't think that's true. I think it's just art I've seen. There's official art of Snoopy in a sombrero. <laughs> you know, like, stereotypical. <laughs> like, but he's got the mustache. Here, let me... He's got the mustache. This is a real, real Charles M. Schultz image here. Like, like that's... Some Sparky he, himself. Yep, he drew that. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Huh. And then there's just Spike. <laughs> and then there's Spike. <laughs> wow. I mean, there you have it. There you have it. Sparky he's, himself. If he he's Mexican if you want him to be. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in your heart of hearts. If you believe, and I say yes, he is. <laughs> Do you believe? No. Too bad. I said yes. Anyway, thank you everyone for coming on Brenda's wild ride. <laughs> Austin, I had a fun time hanging out. I had a fun time hanging out. And you will all see us next week for our penult penultimate. I don't really know what penultimate means. Oh my god. No, wait, pause. It's not our penultimate. Penultimate means the episode before your finale. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's wait, not what you, it's gonna be. Have you have you thought this whole time penultimate just meant big episode? I sometimes I just don't know what words mean. Okay. <laughs> sometimes I just guess. Yeah, penultimate is like, it means like second to last. Uh, next week is not our penultimate episode, everybody. I it's was wrong. Our, Brenda doesn't know everything. Brenda knows most things. It's our, um, what, it, it's not a centennial. What is a hundred? What? Isn't centennial a hundred? Because bicentennial is two hundred. Two hundred. Is it our, our, <laughs> our centennial. centennial episode? Mm-hmm. We're going to say it's our centennial episode. This, I Googled what is a hundredth and I got a bunch of graphs because I'm in Google Images. I, I don't know love what you I, so I don't know what I much. <laughs> um, it is it's 
a centennial is good enough. Centennial means 100th anniversary. That's sort of what it is. Yeah, that, I'd say centennial is good. All right, join us next week for our centennial episode. <laughs> Where Brenda knows most things except definitions of except words. what words mean. There will be excitement, adventure, laughs, hopefully not explosions. Although, as we've learned this episode, I've been very dangerously close to those in the past. So... <laughs> Is there another stake in my yard right now that has gone through a gas line? Find out next time on Secret Histories of Nerd (laughs) Mysteries. See you, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Asterion, and you can find more of her work at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was narrated by Greg Aronica, and you can find him at Cafe3G on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. The show is edited every week by Brenda Snell. If you love this show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast content. This podcast is a proud part of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. See you for the next mystery, Mistorians! Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows Supported directly by you.